Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Larry Wayland is in. He, of course, is famous for his modern arms. Brown Station location. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. And, of course, Scott Van Kirk. Uh, he is a, a sometime guest host. He's a former law enforcement and firearms trainer. Scott, good, good, good morning, morning, Gary. Uh, boy, we've got all kinds of uh, interesting things, including a proposal to have an amendment to the Constitution. Because <laughs> that's easy to do. Well, <laughs> it the could, be, could yeah. be a bit of a challenge. Mm, uh, we'll talk about uh, 22 long rifle, uh, the best uh, carry pistols. Uh, it, everybody kind of scoffs at 22s. They, they think they're... I don't. I, yeah, I do not. Yeah, that that is that is lethal, lethal stuff. Right. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's it's been under uh, underappreciated for for yeah. a long time. But man, if that's the if if that's the tool you have, it's a great tool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more than better than nothing. I yeah. guess that's oh, my exactly. my point here. Some people think it's you know it's great for plinking or target practicing or learning to fire, but it works for self defense and it doesn't do a bad job. Uh, we have uh, from uh, uh, 1945 the five best, in their opinion, 22 long rifle semi-automatic pistols. They say on Earth, and then uh, we'll we'll run it past you guys and and uh, see what your opinions are. Uh, debuting in August 1949, uh, Sturm Ruger uh, came out with a, uh, their very first product. Uh, it is uh, they think the gold standard. For semi-automatic pistols, uh, they say in the same vein that the 1911 and Browning High Power are respective gold standards for 45 ACP and 9 millimeter. Uh, the Ruger standard, well, what do you think? Oh, it's the Mark One. Yeah, the thumbs thumbs way up. Yeah, it was introduced yeah. as the standard, and then soon became uh, known as the Mark One. Um, yeah, the, the, that that Bill Ruger design is. It, it completely revolutionized, um, you know, the, the 22. There was a, uh, there were a few other products out there at the time, right. but um, yeah, this Bill Ruger design absolutely revolutionized semi-automatic uh, 22s, and it still leads the market today. It's, oh. it's in its fourth iteration or, or beyond. Um, but yeah, the, the Ruger standard, the Ruger Mark right. One. Um, I've got the. I don't have a standard. I've got a Mark One. Got a Mark Two. Got a Mark Four. I don't know if I've got a Mark Three anymore or not. I've owned one. Um, they're, they're just beautiful uh, pistols. It's it's a miniaturized rifle action. Yeah, I was going to say it's a rifle action. Which um, is what makes it so reliable, so reliable, and so accurate. Yep, easy and fun to shoot. I've got a Mark Two that I've had since 1993. That pistol will be, you know, willed to someone. Yeah, you won't wear that out in, yeah. in multiple no. lifetimes. Yeah. And and you only have to clean them about once every fifty thousand rounds. <laughs> <laughs> now, now this this is one of those. This is a basket case gun. Yeah. I oftentimes get these walked into the store oh, in, in a, a shoebox. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got it apart. Okay, I can help you. Um, you know, and and luckily now with YouTube, it's a lot easier sure. to, to for people to, to get these reassembled. Um, well, you it, have to have the knack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to have a feel anybody, for it. And yeah, it's if anybody has the knack, it's Scott because I've sat across the console from him a million times. And watched him disassemble semi-automatics uh, just uh, to see how they tick. Oddly enough, with the Ruger uh, Mark series, the ones, the twos, did they did they change the dis- uh, not until four. four, not yeah, until four, four is so easy the take threes. Down. I have uh, I have friends to this day that will bring me their Mark 
pistol for me to take apart, yeah. and then I'll watch them clean it, and then I'll put it back together for them <laughs> and hand it to them. Because you have to have a knack. Otherwise, you can spend hours trying to reassemble that <laughs> oh, pistol. Yeah. And, and it'll go together wrong. Yeah, that's the Which is the worst part. Yeah, yeah it'll and, go together and, and not, and not function. work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and most guns, you know, if it goes together, it's together correctly. Mm-hmm. But the Mark series, um, it is, it's a great pistol, but yeah, it, it's a... It's, it's my favorite twenty two semi-automatic. Yeah. My leaps and bounds. Yeah, my go-to. Number two on their list is one I'm not at all familiar with, the Browning Buck Mark. Mm-hmm. That's probably number uh, two in the market. Yeah, um, very similar um, miniaturized rifle action-ish. Yeah, ish. It's, um, you know, a fixed rib on top, mm-hmm. um, fixed barrel, and they feed really well. They, they've yeah. got, got good quality magazines on the, on the Browning line. It's been around for a long time. Again, a lot of iterations sure. on it. Um, it's within that if you within that niche. If you go Ruger Mark series versus Buck Mark, um, I'm going to say seventy percent of the people are still Ruger Marks, and you got that loyal thirty percent that are into the Buck Mark. Yeah, they yeah. love that. Yeah, lo- love the gold trigger. Oh, it's got a gold trigger. Got a gold trigger. It's not really gold. <laughs> you know that, right? Oh, that makes it shoot better. You know, uh, it, it came out in 1985, so it's like 38, almost 40 years old. So the it really uh, must be a pretty. A, a pretty good design. Uh, they move on to the uh, Beretta 21A Bobcat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tip-up yeah, barrel. Tip-up barrel. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the recoil action on that gun is is so fiercely sprung, uh, it's very hard to articulate the slide. There's yes. not much to hold on to. So they de- designed that with a tip-up barrel. So to load the gun, you um, insert a loaded magazine press a lever forward the barrel tips up you put one round in the barrel close the barrel and now that gun is ready to rock it will it will run semi-automatic um and feed out of the magazine but it's just really hard to articulate that slide by hand so the tip-up barrel is a gun that we've sold for a long time for people that were um that had trouble articulating the slide but didn't want to go to a revolver there's been some products come into the marketplace with the EZs that that, that have kind of eliminated the need for that for that tip-up barrel i think uh, beretta chambered that also in centerfire 25 and 32 yep um, so it's a neat design. Um, I would have liked to have seen... I wouldn't see that as number three on the no, list of either. 22s. I, I would move that one somewhere else. It's a yeah. good gun, but yeah. I'd, I'd, I, would I wouldn't have, give it number three ranking. I would have liked to have seen... I, li- I, I, I like the tip-up barrel feature for all the reasons that you talked about. I would have liked to have seen a redesign of that pistol at some point into a thinner package. It does not need to be as thick as it is, which affects its ability to carry well concealed i mean if you're going to carry a gun that's that thick in your pocket because we're talking pocket carry usually um there are so many other options out there um that are better that are that are better guns better guns thinner guns yeah Yeah. my wife has this firearm and for this for the reasons you mentioned you know that she's pretty slight woman uh that this just makes it easier to get started uh just flip the lever drop one round in and after that it's uh Good to go. I uh, shouldn't have to worry about chambering around. So she really loves that firearm, and she shoots pretty well. With it. She does a pretty good job with that. They, they're double action guns. They yeah. shoot pretty well. The triggers are decent, decently smooth. Um, I have the Taurus um, clone yeah, of I that. I forget that what model the PT, Taurus is. PT twenty two. Thank you. <laughs> I've had it for years. It's a great little gun. Yeah. yeah. So if you just turn the radio on, we're talking about some of the best concealed carry twenty two LR that that you can get your hands on. Sig Sour Mosquito. 
uh, is on their list as well. It's one of the top five, they say. Ish. No. No. I thought I took exception with number three. Yeah. I'm going to move the Sig Mosquito off the, the list. list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a, a, a Along de- with the Walther. Yeah, it was a, it was a great design, <laughs> but it... it 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 was really ammo finicky, yeah. and they they were not as as reliable as customers expected right. from Sig Sauer. Yeah, you get um, it. You when uh, now when Sig has replaced that with the three twenty two mm-hmm. based off their striker driven gun. I would put that yeah. on the list absolutely yeah. and remove the mosquito. Mos- the mosquito suffers from the problem, and you should generally run. When you buy a firearm that in the owner's manual, it tells you only use this brand, <laughs> weight, and type of ammunition. This lot number. Yeah. Cause, cause, and then when we when you do that, it's still going to only work about 80% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good news. Uh, the final uh, firearm on their list is the Colt Woodsman. It was made uh, now. That's a classic gun. That's a classic, that's but a I'd never classic carry gun. One. I'd never carry one. The beautiful, beautiful design. Um, you know, it would have uh, been contemporary with the uh, we need the, to redo with the Ruger Mark series. We need to redo this entire list. Yeah, let's. We, <laughs> when we come back, we'll have our list. Yeah, let's do that. When we come well, back right, in three weeks, we'll have our list. Each of you come up with one that you would add to this list. Okay. Uh, to supplant the Colt. Colt Woodsman, uh, the Sig uh, Mosquito, and... Uh, it didn't list the high standard. That should have been on there if we're talking classics. Oh, yeah, well, high we'll, standard is a classic. Yeah. We'll come back and find out what the guys think is a really great twenty-two to carry. <laughs> I'm Gary on Guns. Good morning. It is uh, time for uh, an update from the gun guys. Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And Scott Van Kirk. We were going over what was described at... Uh, the uh, website 1945 as the best 22 long rifle semi-automatic pistols on earth and the guys disagree we, we have some we have some exceptions to that i'd like to add um everyone is there bigfoot breath <laughs> no no i'd like to add the the Kel-Tec p17 as a really nice high capacity lightweight carry gun that's reliable runs on a wide variety of ammo you can upgrade the trigger if you want to. No, no, you upgrade the trigger immediately. <laughs> I, I think that would be, um, you know, it, it's certainly not a timeless classic like some of the ones listed on, on your list. But No, but uh, it makes a lot more sense. It would be a, a nice uh, defensive carry rimfire gun for sure. Mm-hmm. What did you uh, have, Scott? I've got that, uh, the new, newer, it's a newer version of the Ruger LCP with the LCP Max. Max in 22. In 22 long Ten rifle. Rounds. 10 rounds. Yeah. Pocket that's, gun. That's Probably you yeah, probably decent. picked they a put, better gun you know, the, with I the max. They put actually put sights on them. Nice sights and really good. And then and then special special mention. Yeah. Because we're talking about semi-automatics, but I have to add a revolver. <laughs> special me- special mention to the Ruger LCR in twenty-two long rifle, eight shot, lightweight. Replace the standard grip with the boot grip. Yeah. Slides right into your pocket with a decent pocket holster. Slides right out. Eight rounds. Bang, 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 bang. And you've also, let's also mention that now you are starting to see some really good defensive ammunition options. For Rimfire. Rimfire 22, like the Federal, uh, was it Federal Punch? Punch. And then, um, of course, the old standard with CCI Mini Mag. Yeah. And they've got a segmented one now on the Mini Mag, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. They do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there is uh, a couple of uh, extra firearms on the list. 
that you can uh, choose. So now, now we've got the penultimate list. That's good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll publish that, right? Yeah, well, well, we'll send them a letter over at 1911. With our corrections. Yes, fix them. <laughs> they, right. What do they know? Yeah. Uh, all right, a question comes in. Uh, cartridge versus caliber. What is the difference? Cartridge versus caliber. Well, cartridge is, by definition... A round of ammunition. A loaded round of, of ammunition. ammunition. includes the casing, the primer, the projectile, and the propellant or the powder. That's a cartridge. Yeah. Caliber is generally considered to be an accurate depiction, with some exception, <laughs> of the diameter of the bullet, the bullet, but also the diameter of the bullet combined with the length of the case. Yeah. yeah. Nine, by, nine by 19 is a caliber. Yeah. You, you can't get one past these guys. I'm telling you, they're that good. Uh, let me uh, let me move on because uh, Governor Newsom has uh, promoted the idea that we amend the Constitution and well, we put in place what they call common sense gun laws. Uh, and, and I'm just, you know, I've only been doing this for like uh, 15, 20 years. I, I, I've yet to hear one, but maybe you guys are familiar with common sense gun law. Uh, Larry, uh, I think the Second Amendment is a yeah. common sense gun law. That's yeah, a, uh, nothing else. Huh? That's pretty much it. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so, um, Dr. John Lott was on Fox News. Uh, they were interviewing him, and some of his observations are kind of interesting because uh, I've seen uh, the anti-gun people talk about how much safer California is than, say, Missouri or Texas, etc. Uh, so, don't you know John Lott would uncover the truth? So here is his interview. Uh, let me just check and make sure. Yeah, I've got time. Here we go. This is John Lott on Fox and Friends uh, talking about Gavin Newsom's plan. This story is something else. California Governor Gavin Newsom is proposing a 28th constitutional amendment to strip your gun rights. This will guarantee states as well the ability to enact common sense gun safety laws. And it ensures NRA-owned politicians can never strip those protections away. His proposal would raise the minimum minimum age to purchase a gun to 21, enforce universal background checks, implement a waiting period for gun purchases, and ban the civilian purchase of assault weapons. Here to react is gun expert John Lott Jr. John, good morning to you. What do you think about all of this? Well, it's kind of strange. California, given its record on things like mass public shootings, uh, is somehow offering advice for the rest of the country. I mean. By, by most measures, California has the strictest gun control laws in the country. But if you compare uh, California to the average for the other states or to states like Texas, for example, that's whether you look at the period from 2000 on or 2010 on or 2020 on, uh, California has a much higher rate of mass public shootings than the rest of the country. John, the National Rifle Association is weighing in, saying this. Newsom's latest publicity stunt once again shows that his unhinged contempt for the right to self-defense has no bounds. California is a beacon for violence because of Newsom's embrace of policies that champion the criminal and penalize the law-abiding. That is why the majority of Americans rightfully reject his California-style gun control. Let's talk about the national impact. Look, if 
People forgot how this works. You would need two-thirds of all states to convene a constitutional convention. Remember, that's how it works. And then at that convention, uh, three-quarters of the states would have to approve. So is this really, as the NRA says, just a stunt? Does it have any chance of actually happening? I don't see any way it would pass. I mean, uh, Democrats control 17 states. That's far short of the 38 that they would need in order to actually ratify uh, an amendment. Uh, and they don't have two-thirds in the House and the Senate who are willing to go and vote for something like this. So I don't see how it can even get close to it. Uh, you know, the problem is, is that these types of rules that he wants to have, some of them may sound good, but they'll actually be counterproductive. There's a reason why California's had the types of problems it's had with things like mass public shootings. It's in part because of the strict gun control law that prevent people from being able to go and stop these types of, uh, of attacks. Whether you look at, you know, look at something like raising the age uh, to 21. The argument that's brought forward is that you have a lot of crimes committed by 18, 19, and 20 year olds, and that's true. But the problem is this change isn't going to be stopping gang members from being able to buy guns. What's going to stop is people who can now pass a background check are no longer going to be able to do that. And while 18, 19, and 20-year-olds generally may have relatively high rates of committing crimes, 18, 19, and 20-year-olds who can pass criminal background checks actually have very low rates of committing crime, actually even slightly lower than people who are older than them. All right. There we go, Dr. John Lott. I, I didn't know that they had, in California, the highest rate of uh, mass shootings. I, I had no clue of that, uh, so I was surprised to hear that. Uh, and you can count on John Lott to, to dig up the details that the other side don't want you to hear. But he makes a valid point. Gang members, uh, they're going to get guns, and they're not going to go into a gun store and f you know, fill out a NICS check. They're just going to do what they always do, steal them. Yeah, all, all gun control does is just affect the law abiding, um, you know, and, and this, you know, it, it, it's a publicity stunt. It, it's it's Gavin positioning himself for a presidential run after Biden's second term. Yeah, yeah. he's he's just <laughs> it, it, it's 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 duplicitous to say that, you know, we're going to add this and, and still protect the Second Amendment. Right. You know, well, I mean, shall I'll, not be infringed is pretty pretty clear. And I'm gonna I'm gonna one. I'm gonna light a Molotov cocktail and throw it in the studio. Do it, do it, yeah. do it. Do Thankfully, it. it's significantly more difficult to amend the Constitution of the United States than yes. it is in the state of Missouri. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank God. You, know, <laughs> well, you get like nine people to vote on it. Yeah. Let's let's do free dope. Yeah. Let's do that. Well, the founding fathers really went out of their way to make it as difficult to alter the Constitution as they as they possibly could. Uh, the problem, of course, is the Supreme Court uh, because they simply reinterpret the Constitution to suit their needs, uh, and that's how we get in trouble with uh, with you know altering the constitution that was that I, was gary running over to the corner and stomping out my molotov cocktail <laughs> <laughs> well it's but it's true uh and it's 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 frustrating that they are constantly uh trying to find ways around the bruin decision constantly trying to find ways around the second amendment blaming the gun for the person uh it is the person holding the gun that's responsible for what happens uh, our ammunition, our, our magazines, 
protected under the Second Amendment? We'll talk about that next on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Scott Van Kirk on board with us this morning. I'm just jamming out to Peter Gunn. Yeah, can't go wrong with that music. Uh, then uh, Larry Wayland is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Yeah, boy, that's, his voice is changing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Puberty is a hell of a thing. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get He's going to get taller, too. That's right. I'm waiting for that growth spurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not if he keeps odor readers in his shoes. Uh, all right, so in Oregon, they're, they've written a law. They want to uh, ban what they call high-capacity magazines. Uh, Scott Van Kirk has a different uh, uh, description for those magazines. Well, in most cases, they're trying to ban standard capacity magazines. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but they call them high capacity. Um, and so the question that's going to court is, you know, it deals with magazines. Are they actually just an accessory which could be regulated uh, or even banned without infringing on the Second Amendment. Well, it can't be done without infringing on the Second Amendment. That's correct. Yeah. Well, um, that, that depends on whether or not it, it it's well, considered to be just an accessory, like a, 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 an optic. You know, they, optics are not firearms, are they? Optics are not firearms. You're no, right. but optics don't... Uh, optics aren't a mechanism by which the firearm functions. They're a sighting tool, but they're yeah. not a mechanism by which the weapon functions. So that's, I mean, that's apples and oranges, a magazine versus an optic. Well, no, uh, that's not, that. what they're suggesting is you still can have a magazine. Uh, the gun will function. You just can't have a magazine that holds more rounds than they're happy with. Adam Johnson is a gunsmith, uh, and he owns a place called Coat of Arms, uh, and he customizes and sells these kinds of guns. Uh, and in May 2006, uh, in Indiana, where he worked as a security guard, uh, stopped a robbery at a convenience store. He said he was shot twice, returned fire with 13 rounds uh, shortly after the, uh, the law arrived. It was ruled a justifiable shooting. He said, I'm alive because I had enough rounds to finish the gunfight. Well, do we know his hit ratio? No, I don't know. <laughs> but we don't want we don't want to have limits on magazines. Yeah, that's no. that's not a. I would contend, without having done any research whatsoever, that magazines would fall under the definition of arms, right? To keep and bear arms, meaning that it is a integral part of the firearm mechanism. Now they can try and do all kinds of backflips and twists and turns to to try and argue that, which is, of course is what lawyers do. Um, no offense to my lawyer friends. Um, but, uh, the, Too late uh, now. You get in trouble. They are yeah. just going to ignore your call. But the, uh, no, it's, they're going to, well, I mean, if you remember when Bruin passed, and so let's, in more general terms, remember when Bruin passed, it was everyone's waving the victory flag, and oh, look, we won, and this is what it says, and this is what it means, and it's like, no, 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 we argue about what it means now for the next, you know, 30 years until there's another decision that comes out that then we then switch to where we we try to we slint try to thinly slice this and what does this mean and all they all they've done is and especially since they use for the most part our tax dollars to do it all they're going to do is continue to just throw things against the wall trying to find a little bit of a wedge into that decision nothing is ever settled and never will be well, Hannah Hoffman, who is uh, a lawyer that represents the state, 
Oh, uh, I know Hannah. Yeah. You know Hannah Hoffman? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah she's a great, great attorney. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> the question now is, can you trust anything out of Scott Van Kirk's mouth <laughs> after that whopper? <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, she says uh, th they're, they're going to show in court that most popular firearms can be purchased and function just fine with 10-round magazines. Um, and that uh, this, this measure in Oregon is, quote, consistent with the nation's tradition of gun regulations. So, you know, that's the case that, that uh, she's going she's gonna, to uh, uh, make. She said one expert would testify that in most self-defense cases where people use a firearm, a small number, only 0.3% fire more than 10 rounds. Nationally, the average is 2.2 rounds, and in Oregon, it's just 1.3. The problem with for me here is uh, if you uh, needed 11 <laughs> and you've only got 10, you're dead. Well, I mean, she makes a, the only valid point that she makes is that we should, uh, you know, shot placement is king. Um, so, you know, accuracy first, and that we should all train more. But, I mean, I don't agree with her in regards to the magazine. You should have you should have um, what is considered the standard magazine for every firearm. And if you want what I call extended capacity magazines or enhanced capacity magazines, you should be able to have those as well under the Second Amendment. But I will agree with her on one point that she didn't even realize she was making, and that is accuracy is king. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and in regards to the, you know, believing me or not, I did have a coworker earlier this week who uh, told me, with your last dying breath, you would still be talking crap. <laughs> Except he didn't use crap. <laughs> that's like a compliment. I like that. Thank you. Well, yeah. I didn't disagree. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, Gabby Giffords. Uh, she came out and made a statement about uh, guns and gun control. And she said she wants, essentially, she said she wants to ban them completely. Uh, then her people came out and tried to walk it back. And then she came back out and said, no, I want to get rid of it. Uh, you know, is that uh, saying the, the quiet part out loud? Well, they're emboldened to do so. Oh, definitely. You know, for, for a long time, I mean, that, that's been the ultimate goal of the anti-gunners is to eliminate firearms ownership. <laughs> Um, now, which they did say back in the... They were very blatant about back in the yeah, 70s and, and they, early 80s. Then they started rolling it back and talking about, well... Because they know, weren't getting anything done. Yeah, they were <laughs> yeah, gaining no traction. But now they, they have they have gained some traction. Um, and, and, they, and they can't <clears throat> suppress that urge to yeah. say, oh, no, this is what we're going to do, and you're just going to have to take it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mass shootings. Uh, story is up at uh, Bearing Arms. Uh, they write uh, that mass shootings are described as uniquely American. No, no, uh, not really. But they're they're, they're anything but. Uh, they're they happen all over the globe. Just that they only, you know, make a big story out of it if it happens in the United States. There is an attack in France that uh, may raise some interesting questions. It wasn't a mass shooting. It was uh, a mass knifing for toddlers. Uh, and two pensioners were stabbed in a knife attack at a French mountain town uh, on Thursday, and the government said the, sus the suspected assailant was a Syrian refugee. They're not saying it was terrorism, but it was a Syrian refugee. Eh. Uh, a video of the attack taken by a bystander verified by Reuters showed the assailant jump 
a low wall into a children's playground and repeatedly lunge at a child in a stroller, pushing aside a woman who tries to fend him off. Two of the wounded children and one adult were in the hospital in life-threatening condition. The other uh, victims were less seriously hurt. You know, we're seeing a lot more of these kinds of attacks and I'm wondering if maybe we should have some knife control. Well, Great Britain has gone to that. I mean, when they have effectively outlawed the private ownership of firearms, um, then they had to sh- immediately shift gears into controlling knives. Controlling Be- knives because none of their none of their tactics control the violence. Right. Because they don't arrest the criminals who are violent mm-hmm. and keep them away from the general population for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Because that that's how you address violence is the people that that perpetrate violence need. To to be right. removed from society, mm-hmm. but they focus on the hardware. Let's eliminate the guns. Well, right. we've been, the, you know, the, I mean, you know it, it's it's the violent act, you know, not is, the tool. Right. I mean, what did what? So, so, so I'm I'm uh, I'm a bit church rusty. Uh, Cain and Abel, a yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. What did Cain yeah. and Abel with yeah. a rock? Right. Yeah, with a rock. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of rocks we're going to have to pick. There's a lot of rocks we're going to have to pick up and not let people have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, well, and, you know, all through COVID, follow the science, follow the science. You know, the, 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 the stats, are more people are killed with, with fists, hands, and feet than... With the, the vaulted assault weapons? Yeah, and with assault weapons. So, you know... It, whatever it, that means. It, it's violence <laughs> that, that needs to be in check. And that's all the more reason why guns should be available. If somebody jumps over the wall and starts trying to stab a baby in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a, in a carriage... Mm-hmm. I want to be able to unleash firepower that will stop that attack as quick as possible. And it's not a fire extinguisher, and it's not calling somebody to show up with a gun a few minutes later. It's addressing that issue right there, right then, stop that violence with an overpowering violent attack on that perpetrator. That's, That's what solves problems like that. What is it we say on this program every single week? Uh, you, b- blaming the gun for, for the violence is like blaming the fork for obesity. Uh, yeah. It's the person that's wielding the tool, not the tool that's at fault. If guns were going off arbitrarily with nobody behind them shooting innocent people, you might have an argument. Well, I think that we do have an, we do have an argument for the outline of sporks. Because I think you can eat a lot more with something that is both a spoon, a spoon and, and a fork. Because well, you don't, have, actually, you don't have to switch utensils in mid-meal. That's right. So you're yeah. able to actually eat faster. It's more a velocity. fully automatic yeah. eating device. Of course, it's, yeah. 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 Uh, the, we and the self fork. <laughs> yes. ATF pistol brace rule. Where do we stand? We'll kick that around next with oh, the guys. I have, I, and I have some commentary that that brings to mind, too, but we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> can I can I get out, please? No. Uh, with Gary no. on guns. <laughs> hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, this week, uh, we have Scott Van Kirk on board and Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station, Station location. location. Yeah, there you go. Stereo. Uh, and uh, we're going to chat a little bit here about this uh, ATF pistol brace. Uh, there's a... a, a, a decision, a court decision uh, regarding nonviolent uh, criminals uh, being able to carry guns. I think that's important and uh, we'll talk a little bit about pot and guns as well. Uh, if you've got a question, you can feel free to call us 800-529-5572 or go to GaryNolan.com and send us a message. Colton is on the line with us now. Colton, what's up? Hey, I just uh, thought it was funny that he said ban sports because uh, 
the pistol brace rule is just about as uh, effective as banning sports. All it is is adding a pistol brace kind of just makes it more convenient. It doesn't really do anything better in any cases than a purpose-built rifle, but it's just well, a little more that, convenient. I think that's their point. They're trying to say that it makes it like a rifle. Yeah, and it would be then in their mind a short... Huh? That's what that's that out. Whoops. Uh, all right. Uh, there's something. That's a no-no word. Let's be, uh, uh, let's be clear, Colton. That's my job to... To swear on the radio. <laughs> to swear on the radio. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, all right. Um, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, the, the pistol brace. Apparently, uh, there is a bit of a problem uh, with regard to compliance. <laughs> what? You're stunned, Ma- aren't you? Mass noncompliance. More than a week has passed since the ATF ruling effectively banning pistol braces went into effect. Uh, it wasn't particularly popular. We all know that, uh, but um, it, it does doesn't seem to be. Um... So it, it, I believe that one of the numbers I saw, I forget exactly where I saw it, was two hundred and fifty five thousand plus um, applicants for the tax uh, tax free short barreled rifle paperwork. Right. Out of of potentially between 10 and 40 million? Yeah. um, That's a pretty low compliance rate. That is a lot. So, yeah, mass noncompliance. Well, and part of that is a lot of people that bought them still don't know. They're not not into this like we are. They're not listening Mm -hmm. to Gary on guns. They they went and bought a, a nice pistol that, oh, that one's short and easy to shoot. I'll buy that one. And... Haven't been plugged into everything that's gone on. ATF changed their mind, and now that person, without modifying that firearm, is potentially a felon. So, you know, it's it's ridiculous that we have a bureaucratic enforcement division that can create new rules, which have the effect of law. Right. And, um, you know, there's ignorance of the law is no, no excuse. Well, ATF, we changed their mind. And... Now you are going to be convicted of a felony. Right. We still, su- we still suffer under the, the tyranny of the administrative state yeah. where administrative agencies, in the spe- in specifically executive branch administrative agencies, are allowed to make law simply by their interpretation. Yeah. Just because they changed their mind. Yeah. You know, I, on the weekday show, I argue about this with regard to the marketplace. And this is a marketplace response. If you're uh, drilling for oil or building a pipeline, the government shouldn't make you subject to the vicissitudes of the administration. So if it's a Republican in office... You mean consi- uh, you mean some consistency in administrative yeah. agencies? That, what? That's like, that's like equal justice under the law. Oh, that's no. naive. I'm we sorry. don't have that. Early I'll take to be that drinking, back. Gary. Good Lord. <laughs> but, I mean, think about, for instance, that uh, the pipeline from Canada uh, where they sunk hundreds of millions of dollars into buying land, uh, building the pipeline and getting it getting it into the states, and then uh, Obama stops it, and then Trump lets it go, and then Biden stops it. I mean, this is uh, costing billions of dollars in the long run. And the same is true with bump stocks and and uh, the, the pistol brace. 
Yeah. People well, go out. I, I would make an argument on the bump stock, but anyway. Really? Oh, yeah, because if you, and this is me throwing Molotov cocktails again. So you had the former president, Trump, on CNN with his little town hall thing, mm-hmm. right? And we're not getting anything on the conservative media. Remember, I'm an independent. On the conservative media where Trump says live on television that he consulted with the National Rifle Association on the outlawing of bump stocks and said, oh, it was nothing. I consulted with him. It's basically fine. It's no big deal. Yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah. So that is, that's one where the supposed pro-gun Republican president is doing basically the same thing that's happening in the anti-gun Democratic president administration. Yeah. Well, you're making my point that, you know, it, it, you, everybody is subject to whoever is in office mm-hmm. yeah. and what they believe, and it alters the marketplace wasting a lot of money and in this case turning a lot of innocent people into criminals and it's frustrating you know because really if you look at the constitution there is no place for the government to even create the atf shall not be infringed that's hard to interpret that's really there's a lot there there's a lot so hard to understand shall not shall not there's a lot well you know what the left is saying in their head on that's four words. Yeah. There's a lot to slice a in lot, there. A lot of things yeah. you can What's do with the, that. What is the definition of is? Yeah. Well, the <laughs> the left are hanging their hat on the well-regulated militia. Mm-hmm. They are, they're interpreting this as uh, a state-run militia. Or, or heaven, heaven forbid, you were thinking of the same thing and joined a private militia. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's been demonized also, right? Right. Yeah. But that's... What the Founding Fathers envisioned was that uh, if we had a tyrannical government, you would create yes. your militia. The ci- from the citizenry. What, yes. but, but even if you, I mean, let's go down the path of the, of the anti-gunners when they talk about it being a militia. So just for the sake of argument, let's say, okay, you're correct. All right. That has to do, that's the National Guard. That's the, yeah. the one they always go with. The National Guard is a state military organization. It is partially funded for state operations yep. by the state government, but its overall control when it is federalized is by the federal government. So how can it be a state militia if, in fact, the federal government can exercise ultimate control over it? We have Missouri National Guardmen, Guardsmen down at the border. Yeah. They're not being paid by the state of Missouri. The state of Missouri didn't wake up one day and say, hey, we should send some Guardsmen down to help Texas. Okay, <laughs> That's the federal government saying, you're our troops. Yep. You're trained by the federal government. I went to basic training with guys who are in the National Guard. Yeah. That's not how it works. All right. Nonviolent felons and marijuana and show and tell. All coming up on Gary and Gum.